Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Don't say these names too loudly. It's the tight end sleepers edition. Sleepers. I, I don't know. I was kind of trying to figure out how I could mix the, the the loud one where I got yelled at and then the whisper one. Then I feel like I just didn't do it last time we did a sleeper show. Welcome to another edition of Prospects and Props. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you. Tight end sleepers edition had a nice little bit planned there at the beginning, and Jamie just decided to completely railroad I, I don't know it. If Chris is leaving that in or not? So no, it's a one thousand percent being left into the show. Yeah, okay. one thousand percent being left in. You heard something, or you're very confused? No, no, it's at one hundred percent. It's being left in because it's just it's just absolutely insane. Uh, the tight end sleepers edition of the show. Three names that we talked about um, throughout the course of the week that we said we were saving for this show, and we're going to deep dive into those three names and then any other names. Uh, that we would like to discuss. And so, Jamie, the, the floor is yours. I know the three names that you would like to discuss are tight ends 14, tight end 16, and tight end 17, those being Taysom Hill, Jelani Woods, and Jake Ferguson. So I will allow you to pick whichever name you'd like to start with, and we can go from there. Yeah, let, let's go reverse order. Let's start with tight end 17, Jake Ferguson. And I am, quite frankly, shocked at where his ADP is right now. Tight end 33 in ADP, fellow experts over on Fantasy Pros at tight end 39, I don't get this. Do, do we think that Dak Prescott, who has targeted tight ends pretty consistently and heavily throughout his entire career, suddenly not going to do it anymore? I, I'm not saying Jake Ferguson is Jason Witten. I'm not saying he's Dalton Schultz. But he's Sounds like you're saying Jake Ferguson is Jason Witten and Dalton Schultz. Sounds like exactly what you're saying. I, I'm, no, Chris, that's literally the opposite of what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this, is there's room for opportunity here. This is an offense that's going to throw the ball a ridiculous amount of times, especially compared to the league average. Right now, I only have the Kansas City Chiefs throwing it more often than the Dallas Cowboys this coming season. And quite frankly, this has been a position that has gotten the tight end one has gotten nearly you know 90 to 100 targets every single year for half a decade or more now. So I'm not willing to sit here and say that Jake Ferguson can't get a decent amount of targets in this offense, even if the target share isn't super high, doesn't need to be super high in order to have some success and get the volume. I don't see anybody else taking him taking him uh, out of that tight end I, one spot. Personally. I can tell you exactly why people have the concern that they do. Okay. They're concerned about Luke Schoonmaker. And so that's why that Ferguson sure. is low. Because based on I, I have it based on the expert consensus rankings over at Fantasy Pros, uh Jake Ferguson is tight end thirty nine, like you mentioned. Luke Schoonmaker is tight end forty one. That's how close they have them. And I like Scoodmaker, and I like his long-term upside, but it's really difficult. As we've said on the show a million times, it's really difficult for a rookie tight end to make a major year one impact. And I think Scoodmaker needs some time to grow into the role as a starting everyday tight end for a team. Uh, same thing to go with Peyton Hendershot. So I think Jake Ferguson, who, by the way, all reports are indicating now, it's early, it's June, but has the the clear front or the clear lead as the front runner for the tight end one spot. I'm really excited about him, and, and, and here's why. Because I would say he doesn't need a huge amount of targets in order to be have successful. Like I have him like we saw what Dalton Schultz did with like 89 targets two of the last three years, had a, a year over 100. I think we're talking 65 ish 
for Jake Ferguson. And he could still have uh, an impact to the point where, again, you're not drafting him as you, as you set it and forget it tight end one. He's going to be in this mix of tight end twos, waiver wire, matchup based streaming plays for you at the position, which I advocate for strongly. And, you know, if you listen to our last show, which if you haven't, uh, shame on you, go back and listen to it. We talk about how the line for me at tight end is after five. I don't get Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, or Goddard. I'm waiting. And one of the reasons I'm waiting is I can take a guy like Jake Ferguson late and pair him with, uh, you know, another guy on this list that we'll talk about or pair him with a Tyler Higby, a Chigo Conquo, and put myself in a really strong position to play the matchups with some upside. The other thing that I really like here is I don't even think even where I have him as a top 20 tight end that I baked in the upside because I remember when Jason Witten retired or I should say left uh, Dallas because right, he went to, didn't he go to the Raiders briefly after Dallas? Am I remember? Did I make well, did, this up? No, didn't he go to TV first? I don't remember what he did. Well, let me look. Meanwhile, while Chris is looking at it, it's, it's, it's entirely an inconsequential matter of what Jason Witten did. So season. in 2017, he played for the Cowboys. 2018, yeah. he missed a season because he was retired and did TV. And then he came back and played for the da- and played for Dallas and then the Raiders in 2020. Got it. Okay. So the second time when he, before, when he left, I remember the conversation was not about Dalton Schultz. If you remember, the conversation was Blake Jarwin was going to be the guy there. And we started to hear reports in camp that, no, actually, it looks like Dalton Schultz is going to be the lead guy. And ended up, Jarwin ended up having to deal with injuries and other stuff that, that affected his run in Dallas and, quite frankly, his run in the NFL. But Dalton Schultz wasn't considered anything special until he got peppered with 89 targets. What if that happens to J.K. Ferguson? Like, what is stopping this now? Like, we didn't know Dalton Schultz was Dalton Schultz before he got 89 targets. Again, I'm not expecting or projecting, nor should you, that Jake Ferguson is going to get 89 targets. But I think 60 to 65 or even 70 is very doable. And that is going to be a fantasy tight end in this climate that can be productive for you on a matchup-based basis or during bye weeks. Uh, Jamie, I I can't wait to talk about Jelani Woods here because I'm a huge Jelani Woods fan. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he looks like in this new offense with Shane Steichen running things and Anthony Richardson being the quarterback. And this is a team that's got a lot of high upside weapons, and I think Jelani Woods fits right into the mix. Yeah, he does. And he flashed a little bit late last year. You know, from week 12 on, ended up getting 27 targets, caught 18 of them for 233 yards. And uh, I think just his overall skill set, leads to some high upside. And I know he got his three touchdowns early in the season, didn't really get a lot of touchdowns late, but I do think he's got some touchdown upside because of his physical skill set and his stature. Uh, Obviously it's going to be a transition offense this year uh, with a rookie quarterback, presumably playing most of the season. But I think that he could become a real safety blanket for Anthony Richardson this year. I know it's a crowded tight end room. There's a lot of different guys in there. And it always feels like feels like Indianapolis had a crowded tight end room going back to Peyton Manning days. You know, whether it was like Dallas Clark and Marcus Pollard and, and all those other guys. Uh, or remember like Jacob Tammy? I do. The, 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 those guys there. So there's always feels like there's there's a guy or two in that room. But I'm going to bet on the physical skill set at another year of growth and some creativity on offense for Jelani Woods. And he is somebody that I think Again, you want to bring into that mix of the, this conversation that we just had of, of a guy that's going to be a high upside play. You're going to play him based on matchups. You're going to draft him as your tight end too and kind of see how things roll. 
I would not be surprised if he's a 70, 75 target guy and he gets four or five touchdowns and over 500 yards. And there's a little bit of boomer bust to it. I like him a little bit more in best ball leagues where I can take advantage of those boom weeks or those touchdown catching weeks versus a guy that I might have to start every week. But if you're looking to kind of do that mix and match of your tight ends late in the draft, if I'm sitting back, I'm waiting, I didn't get these these guys, Johnny Woods is the one I have a star next to. All right, Jamie, let's rip the Band-Aid off here because I think we're going to be here for a little bit. Let's have this Taysom Hill conversation because he is a, an enigma at this position uh, for so many is. different reasons. Chris, do you know how many targets he had last year? Um, I do because I have his numbers open for the sake of this conversation. It was not a lot. It was 13. My guy had 13 targets, 13. Uh, and I am my tight end 14 this year. And let me let me let me explain why. Here. So so he, I, I, just as many targets as he as he his uh, ranking spots on your on your list. It's usually not what you want. No, it's not great. Um, not usually. I usually want the inverse of that. But I, I have a I have a fun little stat for you, Chris. You, you sitting down? Of course, you're sitting down. I can see you're sitting. No, I'm not sitting down. No. Well, then then stand. I'll stand. I'll stand for this. Okay. Stand for your anthem. There are only 11 tight ends over the past two seasons that have scored double-digit fantasy points eight or more times. So over the last two years... Was Taysom Hill one of those guys? Yeah, I wouldn't be reading the stat otherwise. Of course Taysom Hill's one of those guys. Just making sure. Taysom Hill is one of those guys. My guy, my guy. Wait, you guys, I'm going to use one. I'm going to use one. Okay, okay. Because okay. uh, I just looked. My guy had 13 targets in 2022. He had six targets in 2021. He yep. had 12 targets in 2020. He had 22 targets. My guy's got 60 career targets in the National Football League, and he's a tight end 14 going yes. into the 2023 season. You ain't worried about targets. By the way, do you know where he ranked last year in fantasy points per game among tight ends? I'm seven. A, I had 13 targets. Seven. So here's why. And it's honestly, it's really the rushing upside that's mm-hmm. really exciting about Taysom Hill. Uh, in the last three years, Taysom Hill has 33 total touchdowns. 20 of those are rushing compared to three receiving and 10 passing. But his rushing upside is what's really, really exciting because that they use him in a lot of different ways. And I do think he's going to get more than, than whatever, 13, 14, whatever targets he got last year. I, th- I think he's going to probably be in the 20s this year. He's only done that once, though. He's only done that once. That is true. But that's not really where you're looking for the value. The value is when they put him in the game and they run RPO and they just, or sometimes literally just they clear out, they run empty and just give Taysom Hill and just say, run up the middle and see what happens. Uh, And it's worked for them. And again, he is somebody that's going to be tough to figure out which weeks you're going to want to play him and not want to play him and whatnot. Definitely a player that I like in best ball. Like I could, like of the list, I could see Jake Ferguson being more consistently productive on a weekly basis, even with maybe lower upside relative to the spikes we could get with Jelani Woods or, or Taysom Hill. Right. But the spikes from Taysom Hill can win you a week. Uh, and, and I think right now in my projections, I have them combining uh, rushing and receiving yards at about 585 uh, and a little over eight touchdowns. That touchdown production is going to be huge for him. So as somebody that's being completely ignored, tight end 32 in ADP, tight end 26 in ECR, I'm shocked. And look, uh, they took, they being Sean Payton, and Dennis Allen worked for Sean Payton. They took a Hall of Fame quarterback off the field for Taysom Hill. They're not going to be afraid to take Derek Carr off the field. Well, future Hall of Famer Derek Carr, if you ask the New York Jets, they said if you no, come to I'm New York, you're, you're on a York Hall of Fame path, you know? Yeah, well, I guess what? That still didn't get him to sign. That's true. He didn't sign there. So, But they've got Jawan Johnson, Jamie. I can hear all the Saints fans screaming into the microphone. Sure, they've got Jawan Johnson. They've got – here's the thing. Taysom Foster Moreau's there as well, end. isn't he? He is, he, he is not a he's not a tight end. That's just the position that he's currently designated in fantasy. 
He is offensive weapon. He's going to throw. He's going to catch. He's going to run. And at the end of the day, I don't care how he gets the points. I just want the points. And that should be your mentality as well. He absolutely needs to be on your fantasy radar with you. If you need a tight end and you're picking super late and you're like, hey, I've only got one guy and I need somebody with some upside or best ball with some upside. As long as he gets to keep the tight end designation. Remember that one weird time where ESPN gave it to him and then took it away three years ago? It's crazy. People were not happy. That's not going to happen again. He's given that designation. That's what he's going to be this year. And the position kind of sucks anyway for fantasy purposes. So <laughs> I absolutely want to take him in my league. He, he is one of those guys that are just like, going to kind of have to hold your nose and just see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a ri- wild ride. But you're going to look up at the year end, and he's probably going to rank as a tight end one in total fantasy points. It, it, it's fascinating to me because I, I going into every year, I always feel as if, okay, Teams are going to figure this out. Teams are going to figure out how the Saints are going to use Taysom Hill, and they're going to make adjustments, and they're going to figure it out, and they're going to be able to stop him. And sure enough, he just continues to put up numbers year in and year out in terms of fantasy value. And so, like, I I don't know how you bet against it until you see a big enough sample size that shows you that teams have figured it out. They haven't done it yet. No. Again, you're not going into him as your only tight end, and you're setting it and forgetting it, but he absolutely needs to be in that conversation for you later on as you're looking for a tight end two or somebody with a giant gold star next to his name on the waiver wire. Uh, Jamie, I've got two sleepers that I want to shout out. And I know we've already talked about um, probably both of them in depth um, a little bit when we've, when we've done these other shows, but I do kind of want to mention them here. Um, Luke Musgrave in Green Bay is a player that I want to shout out because I just think he's going to be the tight end one there in, in Green Bay. And if there's one thing that we know, it's that younger quarterbacks love to use the tight end as their safety blanket. And I know Jordan Love has been long enough in Green Bay that he can file for an AARP card, but he hasn't started long enough in Green Bay for me to classify him anything other than a younger quarterback in this league. And so I think Luke Musgrave might be one of his preferred targets in this offense. And we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We don't know how productive and how efficient it's going to be. But if it is productive, if it is efficient, I do think it's going to include quite a bit of Luke Musgrave in the process because I think he checks a lot of the boxes. He certainly checks the talent box. The question mark with him was health, right? When you saw him on the field at Oregon State, you saw how good he was. Um, and opportunity, I think there's going to be opportunity because I think he's going to be the tight end one in this offense come week one of the regular season. So that's one guy for me. And I know we mentioned this guy uh, the other day, but I'll throw his name out there is, is Greg Dolchitz uh, from Denver. And the reason why is because I think when you look at this guy, he was the bright spot in that Denver offense when things completely sputtered out of control. Out of control in Denver. They couldn't figure anything out. Greg Dolchich was a bright spot. I know they've got Cortland Sutton. I know they've got Jerry Judy. I know they still have all those guys there in Denver. But Greg Dolchich is a good enough player that I think he can still be productive in, in that offense. And we know that Sean Payton loves to utilize the tight end. And so Greg Dolchers might get some work there in Denver as well. So those are two names that I'd want to shout out. Maybe Sam Laporta is an honorable mention as well. Yeah, I, I like all the names that you brought up there. I mean, Musgrave, I think it's going to be tough for him to really get to a spot where he's going to make that sort of an impact. But if you're in a super, super deep league, he's worth a flyer on late. Uh, I really like the call on Dolchich. Uh, I, I think he's somebody that's getting completely kind of, I don't know, lost in the shuffle of, of the con- Denver conversation. I know he missed some time last year. They also flashed some really exciting plays. Uh, and so I'm really excited to see what he can do this year in the first year inside of the Sean Payton offense. And you know how I feel about Sam Laporta. Yeah, you're, you're super high on Sam Laporta here for the uh, the 2023 season. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show, Tight End Sleepers in the Books. 
Uh, just to break the fourth wall, we're recording a bunch of these shows in advance of Jamie going on vacation. I have no idea what's coming up for you on tomorrow's edition of the show because I don't know what day of the probably week. Takes on takes. It's probably takes on takes, but I, okay. I don't know if this is a Wednesday or Thursday release in the week that we're doing this. So just you're just going to have to stay tuned to see what tomorrow's episode is going to look like because I don't remember when this episode is going. Oh, no, it's not, Chris. I know what it's. I know what we're doing now. Oh, it's kickers and defenses tomorrow. And defenses then takes on takes. Then takes on takes. takes. It's right. It's everybody's favorite. It's kickers and That's defenses. popular demand. Yes, and the show you've all been waiting for. We have it for you tomorrow. Yes, so this is that I knew I, I I knew it wasn't takes on takes, but I couldn't figure out what it was. But it is. It's kickers and defenses. That's what you have to look forward to tomorrow. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. it. Helps us continue to grow here on the show ahead of football season. You've got the YouTube version of the show, the Draft Network on YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe over there. Leave a comment. Turn on the notification bell. All of those things helps us out a ton as well. So kickers and defenses tomorrow takes on takes to close out the week so a lot of fun things to look forward to the last couple days of this week but that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show hope everybody has a great rest of their day we'll talk to you all tomorrow thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.